Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I am Billy Embody. With me, as always, Shay Dixon. Shay, uh, regular season is over. It is the final push to the t- finish for the 2024 class, and things are getting interesting as the transfer portal is already heating up. But first, we got to jump into a commitment for the Tigers off of this weekend. A familiar name for us and many Tiger fans who follow recruiting closely, Sean Washington, the junior college defensive lineman originally from New Orleans, committed to LSU Monday night. He is a top 30 overall junior college prospect, top five defensive lineman, and somebody that LSU has had on campus a couple times now. And instead of taking official visits, he's now locked in with the Tigers. Yeah, this was a big one, um, and he was able to get in town this past weekend. He's been at East Mississippi Community College. Um, they made it to the playoffs, uh, JUCO playoffs, so they had bye week, week off, whatever you call it. Uh, he came to Tiger Stadium again. He got the full tour of everything, shut things down, uh, so now he can focus on just football the rest of the way. They'll be at Hutchinson in the semifinals, and then we'll see if they play for a JUCO National Championship. But for a little background info, for those that don't remember, Sean Washington Billy was committed to LSU back in the Ed Orgeron days, um, decommitted during the Ed Orgeron era. It wasn't part of um, when O was getting fired or any of that. Uh, and then signed with Georgia, went to Georgia, won a national championship as a true freshman, decided he wanted to head elsewhere, entered the portal and did something we've talked about it on the podcast before did something I think more players will start to see as a viable option that pays off. If you hit the portal and there's thousands of kids in the portal, there's only so many spots. And if you're at Georgia and trying to stay at that level in the SEC, there's not any moving up from Georgia. So if you're trying to be at a Bama and LSU and a and um, you know, whomever uh, you lay out there as one of the top SEC teams, then there are only like how many of them are looking for D linemen. They filled those spots and he decided instead of dropping down to a smaller school, I'll go Juco. I only have to go for a year. I'm already eligible. I'll play and then I'll come out. And his offers coming back out now were much more plentiful than when he entered the portal um, a year ago in the spring. And well, he's been at East Mississippi one year, played in 11 games, has 26 tackles, got a sack, um, 6'5", 315, so nose tackle, pure DT type. But this is what they need, Billy, big bodies, and Sean Washington is exactly that. And I'll add this from speaking to sources, from speaking to people close to Sean and then sources around LSU, this is something that kind of stuck out with both of them. Sean was on two Warren Easton teams that played for a state title. He went to college and in his first year won a championship at Georgia. He's at East Mississippi now and may win a JUCO national championship. So when he comes to LSU, the idea of buying into what it takes to get to Louisiana state title games, to get to a national championship game, to get to a JUCO national championship game, he's been in those locker rooms. He knows the buy-in that it takes. And I think that's big. People overlook that often, but when you're in the portal, there's a lot of different avenues, Billy. You can look at of why you would like a guy. Beyond him being a DT, I like him because this is a kid that when he's been on, you know, on teams as a sophomore or excuse me, junior and senior in high school, Warren Easton, then at Georgia and now at EMCC, they're playing for a title every single season. So that's kind of ingrained in him. 
Yeah, he'll be on campus uh, in January and and get into the you know strength and conditioning program for LSU. He's one of the hardest working guys I've I've seen. I mean, you know, he's he's always training and and working out with our guy Edge Assassins, who we both know. This is one where Edge does train Jakeem Stewart, the number one yeah, defensive and line coaches coach. him. Same yep, line coach and coaches him uh, on uh, Saint Og there and uh, number one defensive lineman in the country. If LSU were to land Jakeem Stewart, they would only overlap with uh, uh, Sean Washington for a year, but noteworthy. They spend a lot of time together training. They'll be able to bounce things off of each other. It just, it's a very smart take here. You need a big body in the middle. You get one with three years of eligibility left in Sean Washington and um, a guy who's won at a lot of different places. And Oh, by the way, it might help you just a little bit with a top five overall prospect who's in your backyard. Yeah, and and look, I never uh, y'all get t- probably get tired of me saying it. Maybe some of you don't. Um, I love Louisiana players. I think that there's a reason that the data backs up Louisiana being per capita, sort of the blue chip um, capital of the world when it comes to college football and NFL guys. Uh, Louisiana turns out at a higher rate than any of the other uh, 50 states, 49 states out there. I'll take any Warren Easton, St. Aug, Edna Carr. If they're good enough to play here, get them. Because every single year those schools have players. And when Frank Wilson, Cortez Hankton, whoever it is, stays in tight with those schools, I don't know if you're pipelining them, but you're always in a good spot. And boy, does Carr not have a lot of good kids coming up. They've got an Easton commit now. Um, and obviously at St. Aug, they're uh, going to be recruiting pretty heavily. So nice to stay active at schools like that in New Orleans. No question. So LSU gets one big body in the fold. Another one that you got a chance to line them both up next to each other, Shay, Sean Washington, and the number one junior college defensive lineman, Jaden Hamlin, who's at Southwest Mississippi Community College. He is a top 10 overall junior college prospect. Uh, somebody that LSU is going to have to fend off the likes of UCF, Mississippi State, and others uh, for his commitment. But he's now made two visits to Baton Rouge. Seems like things are in a good spot here. We'll see if LSU can finish the job. But if you land Sean Washington and Jaden Hamlin, you are putting that room in a good spot for at least the next couple of years. And if you could find one more from the portal, that wouldn't be a bad thing either. This is where LSU's up against their 85-man scholarship limit, which was never an issue before. And we're in crunch time here. You've got, what, 25 high school signees. They'll add a couple of more. You've just added a JUCO, guys. That's 26. Um, Maybe they end at 27, 28, 29. We'll see. But somewhere in that 26 to 30 range. And that's what everyone, all the sources we spoke with all along said, We want to sign in December between 25 and 30. They're at 26. So you're on pace for that. You've managed it well. Now, and I was talking to a couple of sources around the LSU program last night, and they both let off before talking about anything else with retention. And that is right now we need to be working on and see who from this current roster will stay. And if we're talking defensive line, I think, Billy, it's really intriguing. Makai Wingo could go pro, and he shut things down after he got injured and had a surgery. But did they convince him to come back? Would he be a guy that maybe could up his stock a bit more? He was your team captain. He was your SEC Leadership Council um, selection. He's kind of your all-LSU type of guy after transferring in from Missouri. 
does somehow they convince him to stay? I think equally as big as Mason Smith. Mason Smith was a guy after year three, nobody would have expected to stay, but he missed a whole year being injured. And then this year, he really started to pick up as the season went on and played his better football really in November, like back half of the year. His stock isn't where it could be. Can you get him to come back? And those two I would start with, you're losing Jordan Jefferson, Jacoby and Guillory's on the back end of his career. Um, Jalen Lee, obviously, brought in as a transfer. You see what you can get out of Taiji Hill and Fitzgerald West. But when talking about these DTs on the team right now, I think it matches with a lot of positions. Retention, how big would it be if they could get – I mean, we can talk about high schoolers like, you know, Dom McKinley or Gabriel Efford, and I know Gabriel Efford's more of an end, but Dom McKinley, all we want. It's way more important that they got that they can get Makai Wingo back or they get Mason Smith back. I mean, those guys boost you in a major way because you know what they are. They've been starters for you. That's what they're trying to do right now. You've added a guy like Sean Washington. They'll add more. I don't know if it'll be Jaden Hamlin or if it'll be a portal addition that they go after. And look, Billy, we don't get paid what they do. This is why they have to make tough decisions on the roster. We know they need tackles. I think they're trying to figure out what's happening with Mason and Mackay before this portal window opens and then the early signing period arrives. Because if you've got decisions, whether it's public or not, but if the coaches know what's going on there, then you know, okay, let's go lock up Jaden Hamlin. Or, hey, we need two portal guys. Or, hey, we really need to go all out for McKinley. We have to have him. Whatever that you know route is, I think is determined not solely, but in a way by what are Mason Smith and Mackay Wingo doing. Uh, you you nailed it. Um, I'll add that you have you have guys like Mackay Wingo who okay he's injured could could he come back and then maybe stay healthy enough to then go through combine and things like that and. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Makai. If I mean, speaking, if I was speaking for Mason Smith, I think he's somebody that just has always oozed so much upside that if he can lock in for a year and and figure it all out and stay healthy and do all the things, he could have a chance to make that run back up draft boards. I think Makai Wingo, injury or not, probably about as high as he can go with the way he was playing when he got hurt. So I'm intrigued to see what happens there, but I'm with you. Retention is so important. Brian Kelly was on the Paul Feinbaum show on Monday, and I listened listened in, and he said one of the biggest things was, if we don't leave our exit meetings on the same page, we're going to find out that we have problems. So we try to sit down, whether it be with me, with position coaches, whatever, and figure out, hey, where how's your path going? Are we meeting your expectations? Are you meeting ours? Get on the same page. And go from there. And that can ultimately help in retention. NIL can help in retention. We know all those things are at play too. And, you know, quite frankly, on the defensive side of the ball, they need to retain as, you know, people want to just say, oh, just get rid of everybody. Well, there are a lot of pieces that they have to retain. You know, Deshaun Womack, you want to make sure that young edge rusher is on the same page. You want to know that Harold Perkins is locked in. All those things need to be in place and checked. I'm not trying to like, cause panic or say that they're not, but those are the key things that you're talking about because you don't want to go and have surprises come December 4th. And if there are changes, we'll find out. If there are, 
even better reason to be locked in and know you're on the same page and involve the players in feedback and all of those things. Right. And when we talk about retention to it's obviously starters and that you want to retain, no doubt, but it's, it's deeper than that. It's your depth. Um, I will note that we've come to understand, and I, Brian Kelly has almost hinted at this before. I know Saban has talked about it, but it's the Harbaugh approach, the Saban approach, the Kelly approach. I think that in a way Kirby Smart's approached it this way from talking to people in Athens. When it comes to NIL, they almost value, they find more value in, okay, NIL deals, all that for guys who are on the team and keeping them there than high school players. And that's not the sweeping across the board rule, but you feel when you're in these positions and it's, Hey, we need to keep Jaden Daniels for this year. He could have gone pro last year. Like you're spent, you would give him more, you'll set him up with NIL deals that will supplement more so than a high school kid who's coming in at quarterback. And I'm not saying Bryce Underwood or George McIntyre, just anyone that's unproven, you know, that doesn't, you don't already know, you don't already have the expectations for us. So this is where I think LSU if Brian Kelly and this staff is going all in on retention and using NIL to keep kids around or whatever else it might be, let's see how it pays off because it's very important this year uh, that they retain a lot of these guys. And, and look, it'll bleed into me and Maddie B talked about this. I think people have asked like, Oh, what are the surprise? Like who could shock us? And I think everyone jumps to like Harold Perkins or Womack. And it's like, okay, come on guys. I think a realistic, like, Oh man, that's a surprise. Because most guys who enter the portal, only one has entered, Armani Goodwin, the running back, are looking for playing time. I think the surprises, and I gave this an, as an example, this is not something I think it hasn't happened to my knowledge, but would be a guy like Quincy Wiggins. When you say, okay, he's entering year three in the program. He's behind Savion Jones, behind Paris Shan, behind Deshaun Womack. And all those guys will probably be on the team again next year at the DN spot. You want to keep developing him. He probably wants to play. So those are the exit meetings that are ones where you're having tough conversations. You're having to understand of, hey, let's lay out a plan and see how we can get you on the field, what we need out of you. And to, I guess to make things clear as well, because some people on the board maybe had some confusion, an exit meeting isn't like before they go to the portal. They do it with every player. It's just the end of the season position coaches, sometimes head coaches, if it has to come to it, obviously meet with the players and just go over the season, go over how they did things they need to work on. And obviously if you are in a position where, Hey coach, I'm thinking of maybe going pro or I'm going to the portal, then you delve into those discussions. But exit meetings are really just, Hey, look, here's where your grades are. Here's where your year went. Here's what we think you can do this off season. Here's what we need you to work on before we come back together in January or, you know, all that kind of stuff. We're in bowl season, what we need you to focus on. It's a, it's a lot of that type of chatter. So exit meeting doesn't mean like exiting the team. It's just everyone who's on roster gets to talk to the coach about their future. And one thing too is, I mean, you mentioned a guy like Quincy Wiggins. I'm going to be intrigued to see if, if he does make a move because like you said, I mean, these guys ultimately got to play at some point. How do you, approach that and versus the, Oh, you know what? I'll stay for a little bit, you know, of this and that. And, you know, okay, can we work something out? You know, all those conversations are now so tough to have across the country because all those things are in play. You know, how do you balance, you know, keeping a roster like you know, Malik neighbors 
saw him popping up with get Gordon pretty quickly after, uh, you know, the portal window uh, ended there in, in uh, January last yeah, year. And same with Perkins. What? Same with Harold Perkins. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Harold Perkins is a guy that wanted to be at LSU. And we kind of know the backstory about how he was committed to AM and all those things and ends up just not much going uh, NIL his way from, from LSU uh, in those first years. Let's just put it at that. Um, and now he's a guy that, you know, is, is earning. And, and that's the nice thing. It's all a balance. I think would fans like to just see LSU spend and spend and they get ticked off whenever something doesn't go their way in that regard? Yes. Is that the right thing? No, unless you have a magic ball and know exactly how to build a culture of guys that can get paid and live in harmony and peace and all those things and work hard every day or whatever. But, you know, you got to do it at times. Finding the right times is why Brian Kelly gets paid the big bucks. So speaking of big bucks, Shay, uh, maybe Brian Kelly should uh, get with our guy, Zach Payne and his friend uh, and his team at Green State Wealth Management. Uh, Zach has been a friend of the podcast all season long. There you go. Uh, supporting you guys uh, that have reached out to him for financial planning advice, whether it's 401ks, retirement, saving up for that big purchase, whatever you need help with. He's just a phone call away and it's free. That's what he says on the board. Guys, just reach out. If you need some help, if you want to bounce things off, we can help you. You see one of his team members there reaching out right now on the website uh, to you know get things going and, and start that conversation because it's not too late to start saving. That's why you need to give him a call, 319-358-5632, or email him, Zach Payne, Z-A-C-H-P-A-Y-N-E, at greenstatewm.org. Yeah, and Zach's a guy who's poured a lot of, of effort and money into the NIL side of things for LSU and backing um, the collective and uh, has really been out front since this thing started. And, and that was a big reason he wanted to be on with us for the football season was to let people know about what he's doing up there. And then obviously uh, if you need some help with your wealth management, he can turn around and say, Hey, look, the fees, whatever it is, I'm trying to give it right back to LSU. Um, so it's Tigers supporting Tigers, supporting Tigers here. It's kind of a three-way chain. Uh, but I'll also say that uh, Zach's been great all year. We appreciate it. Um, and reach out to him. Again, Green State Wealth Management. Um, call him. You see his number there on the screen or email him, Zach Payne at greenstatewm.org. It's free to reach out and just talk to him. I, um, in fact, was thinking about him the other day. And wanted to mention it was just open enrollment season and I was having to roll through my 401k and everything else. And um, when you start thinking about that, kind of those kind of things and Christmas coming up, you think about your money. Zach's the kind of guy who can help you. Uh, it eases all those burdens uh, because he can lay it out off, lay it all out for you. Um, perfect person to hit up. So if you want to support a fellow LSU Tiger, um, hit up Zach. Appreciate his support of the podcast all season long. Shay, uh, Sean Washington might not be the only commitment for LSU this week. Big one coming up on Thursday as Keelan Moses, the four-star U-high linebacker right there on LSU's campus, is set to announce his college choice. We have our predictions in on the Tigers to land him. He's a top 200 overall prospect on the on-three industry ranking. Florida, which is one of the main challengers, just shook up their staff. 
Texas, uh, another program involved, but this one appears to be LSU's to lose going into Thursday, Shay. Yeah, I say it about U-High kids all the time. Sometimes when you go to school um, at U-High or U-Lab, I should say, from kindergarten till senior year of high school, you go to school on LSU's campus and you just want to do something different. And we've seen a number of kids over the years who have said that when they didn't pick LSU but had an offer, it was, I've been here on this campus my entire life. I want to go do something else now. Keelan's a guy, I think, who's been dying to be a Tiger. I mean, he's been, I would wager um, whatever's in my wallet. I bet I pin dollars cash that he's made more visits to LSU than any other player in the 25 class. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. Especially I mean, if we're counting any times he was up there with Dylan, his older brother, Dylan Moses, who went to Alabama. Yep. No, 100%. He's been been around a ton. And um, you see him there in his p profile picture if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, I took that back about March last year, maybe February, um, at a seven-on-seven -seven tournament uh, right outside of Dallas. And he was there th with a bunch of Louisiana guys. Uh, Deshaun McBride was on his team, um, you know, working out with him and, and things like that. And, you know, he's just always been that super positive kid about LSU and, and many programs, very well-spoken, probably – you know, the most well-spoken prospect we've come across. I mean, truthfully, um, he's just exact. I mean, when you think of kind of graduate champions, not to get cliche, but he's that guy. Toviano is up there. Yep, Toviano. When, when they talk, I feel dumb. I just feel like <laughs> I'm... Keelan's Keel like, great. Always responds. Always responds. Like twice their age, and they're using words I don't even know what they mean. Uh, yeah, Keelan's a great kid. Uh, shout out to his mom, friend of the program. She's raised some great boys. Uh, he's got a younger brother, too, at U-High, who's coming up now, uh, and he's catching up to Keelan in height and size pretty quickly. So there'll be a third Moses to watch. But, yes, this week, U-High Auditorium, uh, or gym, I should say. Um, obviously, all the U-High folks will be there. He invited all the media to come out. He wants it to be a big party. I think this goes LSU's way, obviously. We've got our on-three RPM picks on LSU. And I'll say this, they're putting together, Billy, what is going to be a, it's already a top five class. You just put out, and I'll tease it here, for $1, everyone can go sign up for the Bengal Tiger and see Billy's Mach 1.0 2025 class predictions. Um, and I'm going to give you a free piece of info. Billy has Keelan Moses in it uh, at linebacker. Uh, and I didn't even have to read it to know that, Billy. I just know that's how confident you feel about it. This could, I mean, this is a class that could, could, I didn't say would, I didn't say will. And don't paint yourself in a corner now. <laughs> could finish number one. Yep. Underwood, Harlem Berry. I mean, we're talking about a stretch run of announcements that are coming up in the next month and a half that could go LSU's way. That begins with Keelan Moses. And I've said it so many times. And from, I was talking last night, again, to a, a source around LSU said, Keelan's the type that is a that can be a cornerstone piece because he can help recruit everybody. And as you said, he's at a Dallas seven on seven there. He's known all these guys. Deshaun McBride's older than he is. He knows guys that will be on the team. He knows younger guys. He knows guys his age. He knows Louisiana. He knows much of the Southeast. They all know who he is because he's been playing seven on seven and his older brother is Dylan Moses, all that. So just his personality, I think if he gets on board, and then once he's on board, I think he goes right to work as kind of the lead recruiter in the class. 
Yeah, I think so too. And, and you look at this 2025 class, uh, currently, uh, I think five uh, committed uh, to Corey Moore, the five-star plus receiver out of Duncanville, uh, Texas. You've got Brett Bordelon out of the New Orleans area. You've got J.D. LaFleur out of Sulphur. You've got Jalen Bell um, out of uh, Georgia. And then you have Teron Francis. Uh, oh, I'll see if you could get the fifth. Louisiana's yeah. best receiver. You can't forget him. Yes, yes. Um, so five guys right now looking to add a six on Thursday. Um, and look, I, I think, and I mentioned this, I think when I tweeted out the, the class predictions, it could be a number one class. I, I think when you have the opportunity that they have in front of them to potentially land a Bryce Underwood, to land a Harlem Berry, if they can keep Jacorian Moore, that is off to a really, really good start when you're looking at how to piece a number one class together. Having the potential number one players at that position, a part of the class, is super important to doing that. And uh, you can check out the class prediction piece. I was comfortable doing one this early because there are a lot of names that have been on the radar for a long time. A lot of guys that you feel good about with LSU and also some that you're like, okay, visited a bunch. You know, you can put them in there and, and feel like LSU is among his top teams, too. Yeah, I think what we've seen in 25 and 26 is the personnel department really get out front and make offers that are legit to where they've gotten them to campus a bunch now. They feel good about them as prospects. They've watched their film and it's checked out. So they've been able to stay on top of them instead of having to cool off. And um, you mentioned those guys right there. I mean, DeCorian's the number two receiver in the country. J.D. LaFleur is a top five tight end on on three. Brett Borderline is a top ten offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman uh, on on three. We mentioned Teron Francis is the state of Louisiana's top receiver. And then Jalen Bell coming out of Georgia. That's a nice start. Here comes Keelan Moses on Thursday. Harlem Berry announces December 18th. Bryce Underwood announces January 6th. LSU holds a commanding on three RPM lead for all of these guys. So the dominoes that could be falling just with the guys we know are announcing are huge dominoes. And I'll throw a little extra nugget in here. I've heard buzz that Devin Harper might say, hey, look, I don't want to drag things too, too, too long. That could mean maybe in the next month or so he shuts things down. I don't know for sure. We'll try to get Devin. To, I don't think he's decided. I think he's more of, hey, look, the feel from people talking to him is that uh, hey, look, he's he's been recruited very heavily by a lot of teams already. He's made visits, and we're seeing it with a lot of these juniors right now. When their junior season ends and they know where they want to go, they kind of just get it over with. And Devin Harper, uh, who I should mention is a top 10 offensive lineman, is from Louisiana, North Louisiana, uh, out of the Shreveport area, is a guy that maybe that we could also see add to that list. And he's just one. There's a million other guys that obviously they've offered and could pop, but I do think that in the next two months, so call it um, by the end of January, before February signing day arrives uh, and we put a sort of the final uh, chapter is, is written on this 2024 class, I think that LSU's 2025 class is already steamrolling. Uh, and maybe with, again, if they can lay in Moses, Barry, and Underwood, they'll have the number one class. Like not for good, but at the time. Yeah, they, they, they have teed themselves up very, very well um, to build a, a terrific 2025 class. And, you know, if all goes well and you get a number one class, what do you do, Shay? You dial up our friends at Rogue Shop and you use the promo code Bengal Tiger to get 10% off your order. But Rogue Shop, 
for Bengal Tiger subscribers, you got to go on our website, Bengal Tiger. Again, just a dollar for your first month or 50% off annual subscriptions. You can go get their special 20% off deal on the site and support them by voting for them as uh, the shopping and spending best CBD realtor. A lot of ways to support Rogue Shop. And uh, they've been awesome for us all season long and, and well past, well before that as well. But uh, Rogue Shop continues to be the Bengal Tigers home for CBD, THC, and more. Yeah, I've told everyone uh, last week, I believe it was, holiday season stacking up. Buy some, give it as a gift or give yourself a gift um, and go ahead and knock it out before you're traveling, doing all these different things. You're stuck over at your in-laws, wherever else, you're sleeping, you know, in the guest room, it's a stiff mattress, I'm not sleeping well, you'll sleep fine if you've got a Rogue Shop gummy. Blows melatonin out of the water, blows any sort of Unisom or whatever else you want to take out of the water, um, and everything uh, naturally grown, done by them. Um, just really, I think they've been one of the better sponsors, Billy, that we've rocked with. Uh, we've been with them for well over a year now. And uh, lots of Bengal Tiger subscribers have given them business. So uh, we have not heard one complaint from anyone who gave Rogue Shop business, which is always a good thing. So promo code is easy, Bengal Tiger, and get you, what is it, Billy, 10%? 10%. And if you go to the board, I just bumped it as we're recording this. Um, so I'll bump it again uh, later this week. But uh, they have a special right now, 20% off as well. So go to the board for the promo code as well. Internet lingo bump is when a thread on a message board has fallen, uh, maybe out of sight, maybe to an, another page. You'd have to click through to the second page. A bump is when you uh, you just write bump on it sometimes. Sometimes you can add a message, but then it brings it back to the uh, very top of the message board. And that is your uh, internet lesson for the day. Yeah, and use it responsibly. Uh, that Don't Jayden, be bumping everything. Jaden Daniels' thread from before the season was pretty good. Oh um, no, were people bumping old threads? Oh, that, yeah, just one. I think just one. It was pretty oh, good. Man. Um, some some people, some good friends on there. I lost some good friends that day. What? <laughs> a lot of the people Yankees? lost a lot of good Plank men that day for, when they said that Daniel sucked and they should have never taken him. Playing for the Yankees? No, to fans and un, unruly fans and trades. Um, come on, movie lingo, Shay. Um, you don't even want to know how much I'm tripping up Matty B on the other podcast, Billy. Just be glad that you're on this one. He doesn't even know what Wedding Crashers is. Oh, uh, Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to ask him. Uh, he couldn't even decide if he liked peanut butter crunch or peanut butter smooth. It was So I don't even – he can't – Smooth. Yeah. Oh, wow. We both went crunch. I twisted Matty B's arm and made him do it. Uh, now that I, that actually makes me think. Hold on. And now speaking oh. of bump. There's a, what? There's a mail, a few mailbag questions for us. There, there's one, uh, and it was a good one, but I didn't have any answer to it. Um, I guess I'll let you. Oh, I found it. Never mind. Okay. Um, you have to come off the top here. I tried to think about it and still had a tough time, but I thought it was a really good question. Um, here we go. Was it Simpsonville Tiger? Okay, uh, and he actually said Shay, but he knew that it was me and Maddie B on the pod Monday, so it was just to me. But now that it's me and you, so I'll change it to Shay and Billy. What recruit has trolled you the hardest where you thought he was 100% going to LSU but went elsewhere? So not that you got misled by a source, not that you read it wrong, that the recruit fooled you and went somewhere else, but you thought he was going to LSU. Like you truly thought he was going to LSU. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
this was so I'll give a couple shout outs, I guess. This was super early. I don't even know if we were together yet or we were together, but we weren't. It was like Scout and 24-7 had it merged, but we were owned by like Shannon had bought us at this point. I don't know if we were on the same site, but I, I went to fight Arian Mathis's, uh, you know, commitment ceremony at his grandmother's grave up there in yeah. Monroe. Um, I thought I was driving all the way up there for LSU. Um, did he tell was, you like come up here? At, yeah, he didn't, he didn't tell me like, don't come. He didn't. He didn't troll me. He 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 was just saying like come out and all that. And he you know he talked to me a good bit. I, I thought maybe that was a good sign. He thought you just wanted to support his choice, Billy, and you were now mad about it. No, no, I didn't. I didn't get mad. I actually, actually, uh, I think Matt Muscona took it live from my Twitter or something that was streaming. He streamed the commitment ceremony from the funeral on his show. Um, but what a world. Uh, no, the, the ones that I think of are probably Keanu Coat and Jojo Earl. Those are, those are two. Oh, ones those that, are good ones. Yeah. Those are, uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Burton wasn't bad. Okay. Either. There's my choices. Yeah. Those are those two, Keanu and uh, Jojo. No, I think the Jermaine Burton, Rocky Jarrett. Jarrett. I remember texting with them. Like Rocky Jarrett was like, I'm locked in, like I'm done. And I swear to God, like six hours later, he tweeted like a Michael Oxley graphic and was like, I'm home or whatever. I was like, what? What? Like, yeah. So just don't year, answer my text. You don't even need to tell me anything. Don't lie to me. So uh, last year it was. Um, Dalen Austin didn't troll. Like we just knew that he wasn't. It was that was the whole thing where they were definitely like just for whatever reason misleading. But we all knew that they weren't going to LSU and they were signing early and all of those things. And it was just like, why didn't you just say anything? But yeah, that was a heavy in the uh, track. What they do not, what they say days. Yep. Um, but Keanu didn't he tweet out like go Tigers and yes locked. Yep, day before he did that, and then. The uh, JoJo, I had ju literally just gone and seen him the day, like three days before, because he played for Alito. They're in a state playoff run. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, locked in, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And just didn't bring up Alabama, nothing. And, you know, signed with the Tide and now is back at TCU. Um, I would say those two were pretty, those were pretty, uh, I felt, I felt, I felt hurt. On those ones, especially Keanu. Keanu and I had the whole floor. Oh, we're both from Florida. We're both Florida. All right, man, let's go. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, y'all weren't friends. He burned you. Um, the Rakim one, though, there was that was Rakim and Jermaine, right? The same class. Yeah. And somebody had told me, he was like, watch out. Something weird is going to happen with one of those two. I don't know who, but one of those two is going to ultimately bounce and it's going to be like, both. what the, what the heck? Yeah. Bang, bang, both of them. Um, yeah. People are probably thinking five for five. None of the kids trolled me on five for five. Yeah. Just for the bad read on the recruitment at the end. Wasn't any of the kids' fault. They weren't the ones saying it. Yeah, um, nobody, nobody, there's there's very few that really troll us, I feel like. I will say on the flip side, I've had a lot of times with kids over the years where they said they were coming to LSU and I thought I was getting trolled. Like, Oh. Are they setting me up? And then they go to LSU and I was like, oh, okay. I didn't have anything to worry about, but I was being paranoid thinking I was getting trolled. 
I mean, I I felt like Deron Reed, even though he didn't really like talk to me much, like he would just be like, oh no, locked in, locked in. And then he ended up at Auburn. But that one, like it wasn't night before signing day. It was just like, there's this buzz, but you know, whatever. Um, uh, what was, there was one, I know I'm just saying there was one recently where he said, I'm coming to LSU, but forgot who, there was a recent surprise. I feel like that one of the guys was like, Oh yeah, I'm coming. As opposed to getting trolled, I like the like Joshua Mickens of the world who like committed LSU, but he always was like, "Hey, if Ohio State offers, like my mom's sick, I want to be up here with her." Yeah, I've always wanted to go to Ohio State. If they offer, I'm going to flip, and they offered, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to flip." Here's the date. It's in in like a month when I visit. It's like okay, I can respect that. I can respect that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean. I would have to run down. We can we can probably go. We need to do uh, one of these pods. Like we'll just have to like pre-record a do dedicate like a, the entire thing to who we're getting trolled by. Like a like a superlative of uh, um of like you know biggest troll, biggest surprise. Oh, I guess Xavier Atkins shout out him when he called me this this year and was like, no, no, I'm locked in. I'm not kidding. I'm you know everybody including myself, thought he was going to flip. And he was like, why didn't you just call me and ask? I was like, oh. Yeah. And he said, don't take me off the decommit list. Yep. So anyway. Keep me on there. Good times. Good times. Also, Ori Williams, shout out him. He told us straight up he was coming. Didn't yep. surprise us. So a few good ones this cycle. I like I like this class. Um, all right. Uh, let's wrap things up here. Um, we're going to save the best for last. But let's let's talk about the A&M game. LSU gets a win. Nice uh, finish to the regular season there for the Tigers and Jane Daniels out the right way. A um, couple quick notes. Terry Bussey, the five-star A&M commit, was on campus. Uh, I did get a chance to see him on um, Friday uh, play for Timpson in their afternoon game, and they were up like 58 to nothing at the end of the – like midway through the first quarter. He shows up on campus – you know, drives in Saturday morning, get some time with the staff. I still think they've got a lot of work to do there, but um, good to get them on campus again. Well, and you came with the breaking noteworthy news that yes, it's, it's not December. Yeah, I I asked him like four times. I was like, all right, is it you sure? So you're because he gave it the yeah, I'm probably definitely uh, signing in February. Um, oh, probably definitely. You're getting trolled. Yeah, I know. He, he's one of those that. Not him, but it just seems like one of those that like, all right, we'll see what happens. A&M's down made Mike Elko the hire. We'll see if he changes yeah. and just signs. But he says he wants to take a bunch of visits and he wants to, uh, you know, enjoy the process. And so he's got that opportunity if he wants it. But, yeah, that was the noteworthy news uh, out of that for sure. I'd say approach Terry Bussey. If, if you're an LSU fan like this, he's committed to A&M. That's where he was always thought to go. They've had a coaching change now. I said it on the pod a few weeks ago. I think a coaching change actually hurts LSU's chances with guys like Terry Bussey because now suddenly you've shook in that Jimbo's getting y'all nowhere and here comes the new you know buzz around the program of Elko in a new direction and it kind of gives A&M a spark instead of A&M having to you know grip and say you know we're not in the right you know we're not going in the right direction but we need guys like you to take us there yeah now you've got that spark to where hey look you stay committed this is what we want to do with this program. So I think it becomes tougher to flip Terry Bussey. If he does wait till February, then maybe they get him back to campus again. We'll see. 
Um, but great kid. He is another one who, even if he doesn't go to LSU, he's always been very respectful of our time and your time. And yep. so best of luck to him. But I, yep. right now I'm putting a lower percentage chance that he winds up at LSU. Agreed. Any uh, other visitors of note before I run down these three offers that you want to highlight? Well, A&M wise, Gabe Relaford out of Evangel did not make it in. Um, yep. And then nor did Dominic McKinley, but Dominic McKinley is an A&M commit out of Acadiana. Acadiana played Saturday night in the playoffs, yep. so obviously he wasn't visiting anywhere. So um, Weston Davis, the one-time A&M commit who flipped from A&M to LSU, a five-star offensive tackle, Billy. Uh, I saw him there at the game, and then uh, he told you once he got home that uh, I'm done. I'm locked in. I'm LSU. Yeah, that was that's another good one that was good to hear that from him because we – I don't, and I told him, I was like, I think this is your first interview since you've been committed outside of maybe a statement or something. I could be wrong on that, but. Oh, um, yeah, he never talks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I reached out to him and was just like, hey, do you want to jump on the phone for like five minutes and trying to do a story on him? Cause uh, I saw some basketball highlights over the weekend and kind of thought he, he kind of looks like a shorter shack out there running around for Beaumont, Beaumont United. He threw down a monster putback uh, the other night and uh, wanted to talk to his coach. So we chatted. He was like, I'm done. But that was important for him to say that because he's one that now that Mike Elko's hired, he had probably on some level had familiarity with him early in the recruiting process before he left for Duke. But, you know, not saying anything at all about where you're going to college, it was kind of like, all right, he flipped in the middle of the night. You know, those, those things that kind of keep you up at night as a recruiting guy covering for him to say i'm done i'm not you know not going anywhere is is big that was a underrated piece of news that lsu fans heard over the weekend very good job getting the scoop on that one yeah. uh billy and uh look uh beaumont united has been um a year ago they were a top 25 team in the country in basketball so him being out there uh, and playing is shows you that this is an athlete at six five and a half two eighty five that's going to be playing offensive tackle. That's what you want. Um, and there, if you're watching on YouTube, I was going to say before you ran down the offers, the other big name on campus was George McIntyre, the number two quarterback in the country for next year, five star. Another who told on three this will be his final visit, Billy. This is it, and then he wants to decide LSU, Bama, Tennessee. He's from Nashville. Um, I honestly could see him landing at any of these three schools. I think obviously the twist here for LSU is that Bryce Underwood, the number one quarterback and the only other quarterback they've been going after actually has a date set to announce of January 6th and LSU leads there. So many people, Billy, have asked like, oh, what happens if George wants in first or this or that? That's what Joe Sloan and them get paid a lot of money for. I still don't think it's a guarantee that George goes to LSU. And like, I think he could be highest on Tennessee. And even if Bama leads the on three RPM, like I could make a case for all three of these schools. I think that next we're just watching, does he do something before Underwood? And if he does, we'll catch wind of it and we'll let you guys know. But um, certainly notable to get him back for the second time this season, four games in total uh, across the past two years, or three games in total across the past two years, lots of unofficial visits. and. Boy, you can't complain when you have the number one offense in the country at LSU. You've got a hot quarterback in the race for the Heisman. And now you're deciding, oh, do we want the number one or the number two quarterback in the country? And that's kind of where they're at with that Underwood and McIntyre as it comes down uh, to both of them, you know, kind of inching closer to a decision. 
Yeah, the, the McIntyre RPM uh, heavily weighted uh, towards Alabama. There's a prediction in for the Tide, so that's uh, a big piece of it there uh, when it comes to that. Um, LSU did dish out uh, three new offers that I saw uh, over the weekend, um, and, and maybe there was another one, but we'll run. I'll run them down really quickly, um, starting with a 2026 prospect out of Jackson, Alabama, um, Jamarian uh, Gordon. Uh, he talked with on three Sam Spiegelman about the offer and gave his reaction. Uh, that was the first one that went out uh, from LSU, a guy that is in the state of Alabama, has an Auburn offer. And I, I didn't uh, look before to see if he has one uh, from the tide just yet, but uh, heavily recruited guy early on uh, who will uh, be certainly on the radar and, and, and we'll see kind of how his uh, recruitment plays out. But then they dipped into the class of 2025 and offered a guy at a high school that we're really familiar with this cycle. Um, and, and that is um, Caleb Chester, a cornerback uh, out of Fort Ben Marshall. Um, his teammate uh, was, um, and of course I say we're familiar with, and then I'm forgetting uh, his name, but um, uh, is safety in the class of 2024. Um, uh, I can't pull it up, but anyway, um, he was on campus a bunch of times. From Josh um, Lair. Thank you, Josh Lair. Um, I think he's at Fort Wayne Marshall, right? Yeah, he's on Fort Wayne Marshall. Okay, nailed it. Nice. Um, nailed it without the name, I should say. But Caleb Chester's a nice-looking prospect, 6'1", 175. Uh, has some Power 5 offers already uh, and looks like a high upside guy. Jerry Hamilton, um, with our Texas site, was out there watching him uh, earlier this year, and, and he seems to be a good-looking prospect that picked up an offer from the staff while he was in town. And then the bigger news, I guess, in terms of rankings and prestige was Georgia commit. Tay Harris out of Cedartown, Georgia, added an offer from LSU. Uh, the dogs got his commitment over the summer. The top 250 prospect on the on three industry ranking. And somebody that told me he wants to return to LSU for another visit and that he really enjoyed himself in Baton Rouge. So those are the three offers that I saw. I don't believe there were any others this weekend from the game, but um, – that is the rundown. And uh, Shay, uh, I guess we should finish off with uh, Mr. Well, Louisiana. And, I, and I'll also mention Tay Harris goes to Cedartown. That's uh, the house that Nick Chubb built. That's so right. That's right. Tough probably to get a Georgia kid to flip out of there, but we'll see. I do like that, Tay, uh, excuse me, that Caleb Chester, uh, yeah. or excuse me, uh, Caleb Chester offer because Missouri City, what, a little southwest of Houston, but still close enough to where. That's not a bad drive to Baton Rouge. Those are the kind of kids in East Texas that you offer. And over the years, they've landed some nice DBs from, you know, those areas. So that's a name to keep an eye on. Yeah, no question. All right. Drum roll, please. Mr. Louisiana, Jawan Johnson. He How about it. this? He did it. Uh, what what a night uh, for him to, to do it in the playoffs, to um, get the celebration going, breaking Louisiana's total yardage record for a high school career. Um, Brock Berlin put up 13,659 13, total yards of offense. Juwan Johnson now stands at 13,662 with his state championship push still ongoing. Yes, yes. Congrats to Juwan. Um, maybe my favorite recruit in this class when I combine talent and just who they are as a person. Um He's an awesome, awesome kid. He's a great leader. Everyone at LCA will tell you that. He's been their quarterback now 
for four years and uh, will play corner back at LSU, a position they very much need. Um, but his stats are ridiculous. And um, I was talking to Jacob Hester, guys who grew up in Louisiana and North Louisiana and around Evangel. And they said, look, Brock Berlin's record is one that nobody thought. Everyone thought that would never get to, Nobody will put up that many yards in high school. And here comes Juwan Johnson. And he has done it, eclipsed uh, the mark 13,662 yards. Won't be surprising at all to see him hit the 14,000 yard mark across his high school career, which is absolutely nuts. So your new Mr. Louisiana all-time total yards leader is LSU commit Juwan Johnson. He will sign with the Tigers in December. He will be on the team next year. He rocks the number seven in high school. He rocks the number seven chain everywhere he goes. Uh, he is about as diehard LSU as it gets. Remember, he was committed to Dion in Colorado. That lasted a very short amount of time before he said, look, I want to, I'm staying home. I want to play at LSU. What am I thinking here? And now he is Mr. Louisiana. And I will also say another one of probably the nicest kids I've ever met, old Nick Brissett, who holds the career record in Louisiana. Actually, holds a couple records in Louisiana, most rushing yards ever. That's no, he's second now. He's second. No, no, in rushing yards, he's still first, huh? I thought Trey Holly passed him. Oh, that's right. I mean, yeah, God, that just happened last year. So he's second now. Um, and he had passed him in our hearts, I guess, right? Guys. So all three of MLSU running backs, um, which is a nice showing. But uh, Nick Brissett, who actually works at LSU for the football team now, um, his total was 154 uh, career rushing touchdowns. And yeah, right now, my man, Juwan Johnson, is at one. Oh, excuse me. The record, uh, Nick also caught some touchdown passes. So the record is 167 career touchdowns by Louisiana high school football player. Nick holds it. Juwan is at 164. So he needs three touchdowns to tie it, four to break it. They played Turlings Catholic for Friday night, I think. But in yep. the semis to go to the state finals, um, Juwan and LCA are in the state finals pretty much every year, but they were there a year ago when he set the LHSAA state championship record for most yards in a game. When he went well over 500, he was on his Jane Daniels um, flow right then. He was running and throwing everywhere and they lost that game. He's got revenge on his mind. That means beating uh, Turling's Catholic this weekend and seeing what happens uh, in the state finals. If, uh, if they do indeed get there, but with at least one game left, uh, he already owns now the career total yards on offense. Good chance he can own um, the career total touchdown record, which, uh, like I said, 167 owned by Brissett. So keep an eye on it, and congrats. I mean, that's amazing to think of all the players that have come through Louisiana and then a kid like Juwan is able to break it. Yeah, just awesome. If they beat uh, Turling's Catholic on Friday, they'll play the winner of St. Thomas Moore, Archbishop Shaw in uh, the Dome. So. Best of luck to all those guys out there. Playoffs are rolling on. Uh, lots more to come uh, on those guys. Multiple Tiger commits uh, pushing for an, for state championships and in some cases uh, another state championship. So um, with that, Shay, we'll be back again next week. Check out the Bengal Tiger dollar off subscriptions, guys. Uh, take advantage of it now um, and, and join us um, as the transfer portal will heat up. Who knows what what other news will will uh, obviously come across? Keelan Moses on Thursday. Lots to get to uh, for Shay Dixon. I'm Billy Embody. 
Hope you enjoyed this edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast.